Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. If you could be anyone else in the world, if you could play dress-up kids, be your favorite, I don't know, superhero, anybody, who would it be? Who would it be? Jake, who would you dress up as? A what? Lego man? Awesome. For me, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Wonder Woman. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. No? I don't know. I don't know if it was a cool outfit. It had to be the rope, the truth rope. I had that truth rope. Okay, actually it was hay twine, but... In my mind, it was the truth. Me and my sister, man, we ran around that place just, you know, that was back in the day mama just said, get out of the house and don't come back till supper. Anybody else? Was y'all raised like that? Thank you. Yeah. And there wasn't no phone to contact you where you was. Mama didn't know if we were still on the property or not, you know. And so for me, it was it was Wonder Woman. I, I had the lunchbox in kindergarten, and I wish I had still had that lunchbox. It's worth about $150 now. Um, a little blue vinyl. This was when they first started going vinyl. I even was tempted over holidays to rent out a movie theater so I could go watch the, the new Wonder Woman movie. I did not. I decided to wait until it comes out on DVD. But, I mean, I loved Wonder Woman. She could do anything, right? Now let's think about the Bible. If you could meet somebody besides Jesus, who would you want to meet? Just call out some characters to me. Job? No, we've been reading him. He's, whoo. Yeah, you hear, I know who's reading their Bible plan now because we all just let out a groan, right? This has been some tough stuff, hasn't it? Thank you, Sandy Cook, for keeping us on track this week. She's been the one keeping us accountable, posting online, but anybody, okay, who's still with us? I mean, it's only week two. Anybody feel like it's been three months reading through this, Job? I tell you. 2020. But still, good man to, to meet. Who else? Rayleigh, was, was it you going to say? Okay. All right. Anybody else? <laughs> hey, Kathy, get me his version. <laughs> He was behind a question. But now why would you want why would you want to meet him, Jerry? Okay. Leon's Leon's agreeing with you back there, by the way. He's shaking his head, so he's agreeing with you there. Good choice. All right, Jerry's got a version we all want to read now. All right. Anybody else? Call out to me one more. Paul? Definitely Paul. Mine would be I, I love Rahab. I think because her story spoke to me as, as a young adult. You know, in my prayers as I was putting this message together, I was kind of having this discussion with God. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I have discussions with God. And, and I told him, I said, God, do you know how tired we are down here? <laughs> you know, because I don't think he knows. <laughs> so sometimes we have to tell God, right? And I said, God, do you know how tired we are? It's barely two weeks into a new year. And I'm already scared to open up my news feed on anything. 
Yeah, we're worried about how this week is going to go in our nation. And I just, I just began to, to pray and I said, Lord, you know, give me some guidance. How do we walk through this as Christians? Because there's, there's plenty of voices telling me how I need to do it, by the way, and, and you and I both. There's plenty of voices telling us, um, these days how to navigate things as a Christian. But I said, God, what, what do you want to, what do you want to tell us? How do we do this? Because, God, we're, we're tired. Like, I am so tired of living through historical events right now. It was really cool to think about, I could say I lived through 2020, but, God, I'm really over this now. Like, I'm, I'm done with this chapter of history. Can we turn the page? And I began to look at all these different stories in the Bible. You know, King David, yes, we love David. We, we love the story of, of a, a man after God's own heart. What about Gideon? We love Gideon, Lord. He was scared, but God called him and did great things with him and his people when he thought he was the lowest of low. I mean, you know, these are the stories we need, God, because we're tired. We need that great big hero. And then God began to put Peter in my heart this week. And if you don't know the story of Peter, he's a fisherman. He's got a pretty decent living as a fisherman. And Jesus walks by one day and calls him and his brother to follow him. Lay down those nets and follow me. If you don't know Peter, Peter was the disciple who walked on water. Now, my daddy said anybody could walk on water, by the way. If you just knew where the stumps were, you'd be all right. That's what my daddy always said. But there wasn't any stumps. And Peter walked on the water. But Peter also began to sink in that water. Because he got too worried about the storm around him. You know, I've always said this, that Peter took his eyes off Jesus. I don't even know that he did that. Because when you consider the storm that was raging around him, he was still looking at Jesus, but he still saw the storm all around them. So sometimes we can begin to sink even when we're looking at Jesus because we get scared. So Rayleigh, thank you for reminding us God will take fear out of us even in the middle of the storm. And if you don't know Peter, he was the one who first acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say I am? They said, oh, maybe you're Elijah. You know, they they have their thoughts about this. Maybe you're John the Baptist come back or something. He said, who do you say I am? And Peter immediately said, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And this wasn't anybody, anything anybody had told him. God had revealed it to him. How impressive. But then immediately, as Jesus said, you're right. And he said, and here's what I'm going to do. And as soon as Jesus started talking about dying, Peter jumps up and rebukes Jesus. No. That's never going to happen. And what is what does Jesus do in, in Matthew 16? He said, this is what Jesus replied to Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. Now, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He said, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He just knew Satan was starting to tempt him. That's what the trap was. If you don't know who Peter was, he's the one that, he must have had a, a, a pretty good round with somebody because he come to Jesus one day. He said, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Man, have you ever been there with anybody? <laughs> Lord, do I have to forgive them again? He said, do I have to do it seven times, Jesus? You know, that's kind of like my limit. And Jesus said, no, how about 70 times seven times? 
And if you don't know who Peter is, Peter, at the Last Supper, when Jesus, remember, humbled himself, began to wash their feet, what did Peter say? Don't you wash my feet? What? No, you're, you're the teacher. You're not the servant here. And, and Jesus told him, you know, if I don't do this, you can't partake in my kingdom. So then what does Peter do? Hey, wash all of me head to toe. And Jesus said, no, that's not required. I just need to wash your feet. Yeah, I can relate to Peter because he had the best intentions with what he was doing. He just didn't always get it right. But man, he loved Jesus. And Peter was zealous. Zealous means he was passionate. Peter believed Jesus was the Messiah. And even if he didn't always understand what Jesus was doing, he was behind him 100%. When he dropped those nets, I'm with you all the way. And at the Last Supper, Jesus began to talk about everything that was fixing to start happening really quick. And he said, all of you are going to desert me tonight. And Peter jumps up and is adamant. He said, Lord, I will never leave you. I'll go to prison with you if that's where they take you. I'll die with you if that's where they take you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 26 this morning. Matthew 26, verse 50. This is after we've had the Last Supper together. This is after Jesus has prayed in the garden. Verse 50 says, this is, this is when Judas has come back with the crowd of men who are armed with swords and clubs, the ones that the, the priests and the elders sent to arrest Jesus. Verse 50, Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Go ahead, Jake, draw me this picture today, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But you got to listen to this part, Jake, because this is what Jesus said. He said, put away your sword. Jesus told him, those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with at me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. And we know, Jake, in other, uh, and, and this is great because this is actually in three out of the four Gospels, by the way. And yes, Peter is the one that slashed that ear off. But in another Gospel, it tells us Jesus picked up that ear and put it back on the man and healed him. Put your swords down. But Peter is so passionate about Jesus. He was willing to jump in there and do what he needed to to defend Jesus. And Jesus said, put that sword away. He said, if I needed protection, I could call on my dad and he'd send the angels and we'd be okay. Do you understand that? That's the kind of power. I love Peter. He's all in. He wants to protect the Messiah. But the problem is he was also wanting to protect the idea of what he thought Jesus was coming to do. 
Because he thought Jesus was fixing to, to break free from the Romans. He thought that they were going to be saved from this oppression from the Romans. And, and we can't do that if our leader is in prison or dead. So Peter was not just protecting Jesus. He was protecting what he thought Jesus was coming to do. Church, why do we think we have to defend God so often? Sometimes we get caught up in thinking it's our job to somehow defend God. And Jesus said, hey, if, if, if I needed it, I could send angels down. And it's great to be passionate and zealous for God. That's what he wants. And I know that God wants to work through us. He chooses. I don't know why. We are messed up people. We are human. But he chooses to work through us. Gerald, thank you for your testimony this morning because it's a reminder of what the church does. We love on each other. And I have always been proud of this body as long as I've been a member here because this has been one of the most loving churches that I've ever witnessed who will jump into action in this community when they are needed. Now, when Jesus told Peter he was a dangerous trap back in Matthew 16, When he said, get behind me, Satan, you're a dangerous trap. The trap is that sometimes we get caught up in looking only through a human perspective at things. We get caught up in in how we envision them to happen instead of trusting God. Several of you had that testimony this morning of trusting God no matter what the outcome is. Even when the outcome isn't what I want it. I still trust that God has something in store that I don't know. He has a vision of it. Peter was very, very human. And that's what I loved about Peter. At dinner that night, at the Last Supper, he promised Jesus, man, Jesus, I'll be your ride or die. We're going to do that. Thank Thelma and Louise, ladies, yeah. Ride or die. Off the cliff, we will go together. But you know what's so funny about that? Not even just a few hours later, what happened? Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go take a walk in the garden because the heaviness of what is fixing to start happening is overcoming Jesus. He says, I got to go spend some time in prayer. So he takes a couple of these disciples with him. He said, I need you to just stay with me and pray with me. And remember, Peter, I'm your ride or die. I'm with you all the way, Jesus. He couldn't even stay awake an hour. He fell asleep. Jesus kept coming back. Really? Are you you sleeping again? I I really need you to pray with me. Anybody ever done that? Fall asleep while you're praying? That's, I just, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I just start praying because then the devil will leave me alone and I just will instantly go back to sleep. He said, Oh, I'd rather you sleep than pray because things happen when we pray. Peter was human. He fell asleep in the garden. Jesus warned Peter, what? You're going to deny me three times. He even tells him exactly how many times. And Peter, oh, no, I'm not. No, I would never deny you, Jesus. We know how that turned out. Now, come on, Peter. He said three times. Don't you think the second time Peter might have caught on and just said, whoa, wait, this is sounding familiar? (laughs) But he still denied Jesus that night after they arrested Jesus. And somebody kept asking, wait, aren't you one of them? Don't you hang out with those 
Those people from Galilee? No, no. Yeah, you're, you're with Jesus. No, I don't know the man. Yeah, you are. I've seen you. I don't know the man. And the rooster crowed. I should have had them kids give me a crow this morning, huh? And Jackie's like, please don't. <laughs> Church, my question is, are we any different than Peter? I'd like to think we are. You know, we say and we, we, we think a lot of times, I'll stand with Jesus. We think we'd die for Jesus. And I said, this is the part I said y'all were blowing my message this morning. Because normally, when I ask for testimony, I can tell you what five people are going to stand up. So I am so excited that I saw some new faces this morning. I'm so excited I saw a young face this morning. Because right now we, we hear a lot of worry about losing our religious freedoms. But I'm telling you, those freedoms we've been taking for granted way too long anyway. Because it sure is easy to sleep in on a Sunday morning, isn't it? It sure is easy to miss on Wednesday night Bible study. I love when you guys tell me, oh man, I missed it Wednesday night. And I, I, sometimes I'm like, you know it's still online. You can still go catch it. <laughs> It's still there. We take those freedoms for granted. You know, Peter, he, he was worried about the human side of things, and, and sometimes I think that's really what we're more worried about. Because if we can't stand in here and just simply say, I love the Lord today, amongst the believers, are we really going to stand in a room full of non-believers when the, the time comes? Think about that. When I ask for testimonies, and maybe it's because you don't understand what I'm asking for, because when I ask for testimonies, it doesn't have to be some big miraculous, this is what God saved me from this week. It can just simply be, I love the Lord. And I want to stand. I have the freedom to stand and say that. So I'm going to stand and say that. How will we stand in front of non-believers if we can't stand in front of the believers and say we love the Lord. Now, yeah, Peter was very human. And sometimes that drags us down. He tried to fight for Jesus, but Jesus says, I'm not the revolutionary carrying a sword. It's not my style, in other words. They came at him like he was. Jesus was never a big revolutionary. What was he doing? He was just preaching repentance and the kingdom of God. And that messes with people. That messes with earthly kingdoms when that happens. And Peter, he totally blew it. He ran away. He left Jesus when he was arrested. Church, have you ever felt like you let God down? Have you ever had a Peter moment? You know when that rooster crowed. It crushed Peter. Because even though he was warned he'd do it, he still did it. And what does Paul tell us? I do things I don't want to do, and I don't do things that I want to do. Have you ever felt like you let God down? And I'm not talking about just sin. I'm not talking about uh, the things that seem so obvious. I'm talking about have you ever felt like even when you're doing something right, and then you realize this really wasn't a God thing. And I'm sorry, God. I thought I was speaking for you. 
after Jesus was resurrected, he, he met with the disciples the days after, kind of to, to prove I, I'm alive, I'm here. And I love, turn with me, John chapter 21 this morning. After he was resurrected, he met the disciples for breakfast one morning. That's my kind of guy right there. I like breakfast. Diane, I miss our, I miss our quarterly breakfast. Every time these memories pop up on my, um, Facebook, I, man, it just makes me miss so much. So, so the disciples, they've been out fishing and, and, you know, kind of had a long, tiring night. And, and then all of a sudden Jesus shows up. Peter jumps in the boat. He don't even wait to walk on water this time. He's like, I'm going to swim to him. But I love that, that Jesus says, hey, bring some of those fish that you've just caught. So he has to go back to the boat and get some fish to, to bring into shore, right? And so starting in verse 15, after the breakfast. So they've had breakfast, they've had their fish, they've had their bread. And afterwards, here's the conversation he has with Peter. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt by this point that Jesus kept asking the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. So I love that Peter um, earlier in the, the book of Matthew, had asked the question, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Well, he just used three of those forgivenesses, didn't he? But see, Jesus was ready to forgive Peter. I, I envision Peter by this time, he's heartbroken. He, he's feeling like he let down the Lord. Like I have just, I keep messing up. I'm, I'm trying to do right and then I just keep letting you down, Lord, and I'm so sorry. I don't know about you guys, but when you hit that point, sometimes it's hard to come back. Sometimes it's hard to forgive yourself and accept that God has forgiven you. Sometimes we stop God's work in our lives because we somehow deem what I have done is unforgivable. It's not yours to decide that. It's God's. And so... Peter has been forgiven. Jesus is ready to forgive him. He wants to restore Peter to who Jesus knows Peter could be. Church, I wonder about you and I. Who could you be if you let God restore you? Because so many times we, we judge ourselves so harsh that we think that we're unworthy. We don't deserve it. I've got to pay penance for what I've done. Mm-mm. When we're forgiven, we're forgiven. And we're restored. Just like that ear that Jesus picks up and puts back on. He restores us. 
Why? Because he has a purpose. So three times he asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you, you know I love you, you know I love you. And what does he tell Peter to do? Then feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. If you read further in the book of Acts, you're going to find Peter has totally changed. He becomes a man of God. He will boldly speak the word of God. If he was in this room today, he would have been the first one up and he would have gave us a sermon today. And when he spoke God's word, 3,000 came to believe that day and joined the church. That's kind of impressive for a guy that felt like he was just bumbling everything up as he went. He was, he was in the book of Acts, you'll also see Peter, he began to learn how to interact with people who are different than him. Because Peter's been raised a devout Jew and now he's got to figure out how to live a life with these Gentiles. When I've been raised my entire life to think that they're unclean and different than me. But when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And he relearned that. So my question today is, how do we leave here with this message? What does this message mean for you and I? 17 days in a new year, and we're already scared to open the news feed. And I'm sad to see in that news feed that so many people are using the name of Jesus in their political views. I know that's a dangerous statement for me to say, but it's the truth. Because what would Jesus say to us? Put down that sword. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. But BJ, we want to change the world. Then we need to do it by showing people love. I'm a pro-lifer. But when I say that, all life. When I see a statistic of how many babies are aborted, Does it make me sad? Yeah. Because I know how close I came to being one. Because I was born in 1973. That's the year it became legal. My mama had that option and she decided not to. And I praise God for that. But when I also see that statistic, I don't even know. What is it? 59, 57, was it million? I, I saw this. Somebody posted it the other day. Close to 60. But you know what goes with that? There's 60 million mamas that need to be restored. And church, I need you to remember that. There's 60 million mamas that some of them are going to realize what they've done and live with that guilt. And they need to know that our God is ready to restore that. Jesus would say, put down your swords, love my sheep, and feed my sheep. we got to somehow come back together as the church to do that. How did these 11 disciples change the world? Because they followed Jesus. Because they fed his sheep. Because they loved God and loved people. They told people about Jesus Christ. They told him how thankful they were when he showed up in their life. That he saved a wretch like me. Disciples died for Jesus. 
Not because they were swinging swords, though. It was because they were sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what rocked the world and scared every kingdom there was in their day and time. This thought of of someone who could set them free, who could heal people, who could restore life and change it. Church, we got to put down our weapons and we got to pick up the gospel again. And we got to love. I'm going to close today with the reading of Psalms 46. This is one of my favorite psalms. And if, you're, if you ever do Wednesday night Bible study with me, everything's my favorite in the Bible, right? <laughs> psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us, the God of Israel is our fortress. Church, we're in a a chaotic time. And I've enjoyed this week of prayer that the denomination called for because it reminded us how to be still before the Lord and know that he is still in control, even in the chaos, even in what doesn't make sense to us, even in these moments we're fearful of what the future may look like, He's in control. And he can work through ever whom he wants. So maybe you're disappointed about who the president is. Pray for the new one. Pray for the people around him. Pray for our Supreme Court. Prayer changes things. That's why the devil lets you fall asleep when you start praying. But when you fall asleep, or when you mess up like Peter did... Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace and let God restore. Let us pray together. Lord, my heart has been heavy this week. And I think there's so many of us that can share that sentiment. Whether it's personal issues in in our life here, or Lord, maybe it's the, the things going on in our nation that we see and we feel so uncertain about. But God, I read in your word that I don't have to defend you, but I have to tell people about you. God, I I pray this morning we will pick up the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a gospel of love and forgiveness and restoration and redemption. 
And God, I feel like you can bring that even to our nation right now. God, I I pray that you will begin to rise up your church, your disciples, that bring that message of hope and restoration to us. And God, just like Peter, he had to learn to interact with people he was used to not even being around. May we learn to do the same. God, if anything, I think it's exposed how different we are in this past year. But God, may we learn through you we can still interact with love amongst each other, even when we disagree. God, I pray for our nation. May your Holy Spirit fall this morning. I know that there are other churches, other Nazarene churches, God, that we are all praying together today for the Holy Spirit to fall, not just inside this building, Lord, but on our nation. And may the seeds of revival that have been prayed for over the years, may they begin to blossom and spring up from the earth. God, may we see new ones coming to know who Christ really is. God, may we we see lives being changed. God, I'm going to give you praise this morning for every testimony that I heard. And I knew this would happen. I knew that, that on a morning I didn't expect anybody to stand, the whole place would stand. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this flock that you have given me here. I thank you for the young hearts that are listening to you and will forever be changed. God, may we lay down our weapons this morning. Let your spirit just purge through us, Lord. And when we leave this place, will we leave with the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we need to share with everyone? Give us opportunity to love today. And let us be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church together said, Amen. Church, I love you guys. Have a beautifully blessed day and go be a blessing to someone else. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.